0: Kind Heavenly Father, we want to thank you again for giving us this opportunity become, to come before you. You know that we have nothing of ourselves to present here, but Lord, everything's about you. We ask that you would come into our hearts, our minds, the three of us as we present, and our audience as they hear. We desire to raise children that honor and glorify your name, and Lord, you're using us to do it, these weak, unChrist-like vessels but yet you're pouring out your spirit within us that we may give back to our children. So we just ask now that you would be with us and continue to watch over us this day. In your name we pray, amen. I'd like to tell you before we actually get started, um, you're, these talks are actually custom-made for all of you. I want you to know that because every night when each of us sit down to pray to go over the next day, God keeps changing our talks. Now, we're not together, you know, so we're not in the same room doing this. So I'm doing my thing, and Amy's doing hers, and Megan's over there doing hers, and I got one PowerPoint, so they just start sending all the stuff to me, and I start plugging in for what the Lord has just showed us. And I was just thinking, this is actually a custom-made program <laughs> just for you guys. You know, and that's usually how it goes, because when you actually ask the Holy Spirit, you think you know where you're going to go, but that's not always the case. God does change it. As we looked earlier um, yesterday, we were looking at how we train children to educate youth. And as you know, that Megan is actually present. doing the principal, of course. And Megan's actually doing how to apply that mostly in the training Phase. Now, as you can look at this chart as you 're moving here there 's going to be lots and lots of training, but as you notice at the top there 's a little bit of education going on. But as you start moving your child on through life and you get to that twelve years of age and we 're just using that a break off, you start more of the education and that 's what um, Amy is sharing, and it doesn't mean they don't overlap. They do overlap, but the majority of the children when they're young is training, training, training. The education is for our youth. Now, what we're training in is obedience. That's the main thing. We have three things I always say, that you teach them how to pray, study, obey, pray, study, obey, pray, study, obey, and you covered it. That's everything, and that's basic it. Child training should be very simple, not hard. So it's just different. The obedience and training is more of this is what you do. No talking about it. This is just what we do. Education, this is why we do it. If they're obeying, you can start educating very, very young. So you don't have to stick, but you have to realize whenever that education starts, if they're not obeying, you stop telling them why, and you go back to obedience. They need to learn to obey. So it doesn't matter the age, and like I said, we took in rebellious teens, and so they had not learned how to obey in their home. That's why they were into demonic worship, why they were pregnant, why they were doing drugs. They had not, and it was Adventist kids that we took in. So they hadn't learned that, so we had to start with the basics. You learn to obey. Once you learn to obey, then we start educating as why. This series, like I said, when we got together, we prayed about the five things that we thought were most essential. It doesn't mean there's not more that we teach, there's more. But there was five essentials that we thought we cannot do parenting without. And that's what we've been sharing with you. The first day was praying, studying. Yesterday was understanding how to train children, educate youth. You've got to get that right, or you're going to set up automatic rebellion in your home, and I promise you. It's like that upside down triangle we covered yesterday. You do very little work when they're three. Or in toddlers, you're going to have lots of work to do when they're teens. So you've got to flip that over, do lots and lots, and lots of work when they're little. And then there's very little work you have to do with those teens, and your teen years are just heaven on earth. And that's what you want in your teens. is heaven on earth, <laughs> because the other is just not pleasant. And so now what we're going to talk about is each thought counts. Why is it important to be concerned about the thoughts of our children? I'm going to start off in Luke 6:45. Um, it says, "A good man, <clears throat> out of the good treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is good." And an evil man out of the evil treasures of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. So good hearts bring forth good. Evil hearts bring forth evil. It's just a law, and it's always going to work that way. In Proverbs 23, 7, it goes on and says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So his thoughts are creating who he or she is. So if the thoughts he thinks or she thinks evil in his heart, then he will be evil. If he thinks good in his heart, he will be good. So the same concept applies. Evil thinking brings evil. Good thinking brings good. And it comes from the heart. So truly thoughts do make a difference. It shows the heart of our child. And so you have to always be looking at that heart, and you will know those thoughts. Oh, I didn't click all that way through. If the thoughts are wrong, the feelings will be wrong, and the thoughts and feelings combined make up the moral character. This is in 5T310. And we know that moral character makes our destiny, but it starts with our heart. Now I'm like, Megan, I love math. (laughs) So I turn everything I study into an equation or I turn it into a ladder. And I'm looking, is there steps I need to take to climb a ladder? And I always know no matter what steps you take, you've gotta take that ladder and then shift it higher and walk the same steps. Then take that ladder, shift it higher, and walk the same steps. Same with these. Thoughts and feelings equal moral character. And moral character equals destiny. So I can say that the thoughts plus feelings equals their destiny. And so I'm going to apply that with my training children. I'm also going to apply that concept to my educating youth. I'm going to use the same concept because it's the same. It may look a little different, and it will look different. Megan's going to show you how it looks and how you use it in those early years. And Amy will show how to use those in the later years. But the same thing applies. We are getting to those thoughts because we know those thoughts are creating that destiny. And it's very simple. It's not rocket science. It's just very simple. So, and all of you probably have heard this saying, sow a thought, reap a feeling. Sow a feeling, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny. So let's go back and use the biblical principle principle now that a good heart is going to bring forth good thoughts, which will create those good feelings, those good feelings, good actions, good actions, good habits, good habits, good character, good character, destiny, and eternal life. Same thing happens with that evil heart. If we have an evil heart, it creates evil thoughts, evil feelings. Those evil feelings will make evil habits. Evil habits will make evil I mean, evil act, wait, let me go back. Evil thoughts will make evil feelings, evil feelings, evil actions, evil actions, evil habits, evil habits, evil character, evil character, and evil destiny or eternal death. It's very, very simple. So we have two principles that we're working with. Depending on the heart is going to depend on where the destiny goes, but it all starts with actions. Now, as a mother, when I started my child training, I only corrected actions. But heart was not changing. Character was not changing. And the Lord showed me, you're not going deep enough. You've got to do something more. You can't just correct these actions. You're never going to get what you want. So you've got to go back and say, what are your feelings? What are those thoughts? What is the heart that I'm dealing with? I have to know. What is this thought? What is this heart that I am dealing with? What is going on? Because those are the habits that are being developed in my child. That's the character that's coming. And I'm going to see the end results of that. So I've got to start making a change. So I use the principle that Amy was sharing the other day. is I ask questions. When my kids were little, we talked. I asked. I wanted to know. So I first looked at the action of my child, and I had to make a determination. Is this a good action? Do I like it? Do I not like it? Okay, so this one, she was hitting her sister. I don't like that. It could be hitting the brother, hitting the dog. doesn't matter. Hitting anything. Kicking the wall. I work with ADHD kids. They get very, very frustrated and very upset when life isn't going well. And so they are manifesting some action. So I asked. What are you feeling? Now I'm going to tell you, when I ask a child what they feel, when they're upset, they're going to tell you. And even if they can't talk, they're going to show you. They're going to stop. They're going to get mad. They're going to throw themselves on the floor. You're going to know the feelings that are taking place in your child. So my kids would say, well, I'm mad. I'm irritated. I'm agitated. I'm upset. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. And they would just give this whole line of stuff that's going on. Then I was taking them to the thought. Well, what thoughts triggered these feelings? Well, my sister hate, hit me and I just hate her. Okay, so all these frustrations are coming out. And then I'd say, Well, what type of heart am I dealing with then? And they would say, It's an unsanctified heart. And I said, well, What does that mean? They said, well, It's evil. And I said, Well, tell me, what's the destination of that evil heart? And they say, eternal death. And I said, is that really what you want? And in all the years that I've child trained, I used to work in homes. I'd go in, be your super nanny. I would set everything up, work with the kids, leave, turn it over to the parents. There's only one child in the whole time that I worked with that said, I prefer to have this evil heart. And I told that parent, I said, that child needs two by four diplomacy, and you won't let me allow me to do it. So therefore, I've done all I can do. So you need to go ahead and leave. And I don't know whatever happened to that child. But I've only had that one time. All the other children want eternal life. They just don't know what to do. To do the next thing I say, okay, we have an evil heart. What do we do with this evil heart? Well, we take it to the Lord and we tell him, Lord, my heart is wrong. We want him to know, please take it. And then we ask, Give me your heart. So I'm walking through the process. Now that the new heart is given, they're not going to feel different. Their thoughts are not going to be different just because they got that new heart. And this works for you guys too. I use this all the time in my own experience. When I was talking about how to get the will of your child, this is one of the techniques that I use to get their will because they're walking themselves through this Concept. So then I tell them: claim promises, be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Ephesians 4:32. And if you don't have this packet by Amy, get it. I had to look up all my texts. She's already put this together. How do you deal with bad words? Here's a promise already there. And I had my children go on prayer walks. So I give them a card. And I say, you walk, have it memorized by the time you come home. And I did that for two reasons. They were so busy putting the word of God in their hearts, they didn't have time to get mad at me because (laughs) I didn't want them mad at me. I wanted them to put God in their hearts because I can't change them, but God can. So I said, it needs to be memorized when you get back, and you need to be huffing and puffing. So I need to know you're out there walking. And that way, I put it into their hearts, and they came back new children. Okay, so now I'm just changing the feelings right now, and now I have to get those hearts, I mean those Complete feelings change. So I put in a new thought. And then I say, "Okay, now I want you to tell me all the things you like about your sister. You told me all the things you don't like. Now I want you to tell me all the things you do like." So she had to keep going and going and going, and I had to do this in my own personal walk too. One time I was so mad at my husband. By the time I was done, I was ready to get a divorce. And the Lord said, "You spent an hour out here telling me how much you hated this man and how bad he is. You stay an hour out here again and tell me how much you love this man before you go back to your house." So I spent another hour with the Lord, how much I loved this man and by the time I looked at this man I was in love with him again so we can change our thoughts just our feelings just by changing our thoughts and so she writes down tells me everything she feels and then I have her continue until I know the feeling is changed because I've got to get a new feeling And then I want an action. Okay, then you go do something kind to your sister. Now, in our home, if you talk nasty to your sister, you write love letters. And I'm going to tell you, they get really good at writing, and they start loving their sister, you know. So we did love letters. Oh, you go make a bad? You just have to do something nice in return. So I'm changing those bad thoughts, and I'm getting good now. Good thought, good feeling, good action. And I'm creating good habits. So I'm dealing with what type of heart now, and they will say a good heart. And I say, well, what's the destination for this good heart? And they say eternal life. And I always ask, is that what you want? Yes, that's what I want. Okay, so now you know what to do to get it. So I always start off with working that way. And honestly, when you first start, there's three steps of growth. Your children may be committed in sin, and it may take a week or a month later that they realize they've done it wrong. Same with me. Sometimes the Lord said, you know, three weeks ago, do you remember when you were having that conversation with your husband? That wasn't very nice the way you talked to him. So then I have to go apologize. And then it gets where you're in the middle of the battle, and the Lord says, oh, don't do that. That's what's wrong. Don't do that. That's what happens to our children. They can be in the battle, and the Lord saying, wait, there's a problem with change right now. And then we have the last one, which is a real blessing, and that's when the child commits the action, and the Lord shows the child right then that their thoughts are wrong and they can correct it right then before it ever turns to an action. And that's really what we want to do is get it at the thoughts. That's such a blessing because our children will be experiencing victory in their lives and um, their actions will no longer be pain to them, to us, or to God. Now, I'd like to give you a couple examples. My youngest daughter, Autumn, I homeschooled, and uh, she absolutely hated fractions with a passion. I mean, when we sat down to do fractions, you thought I'd put a dagger in her heart. She just hated fractions. And her countenance showed, and her words showed, and her anger showed. And I said, I don't know if you realize this, but I don't think you know how bad your actions are right now and what you're doing, but you are creating some really negative habits and character in your life. So what I'm gonna do is every time I see it, those actions, I'm just gonna let you know, you're old enough, you know what to do, I'm just gonna call your heart and say, look at your actions. So the next day we started math and she started again and I said, look at your actions. Tell me, what are your feelings, what are your thoughts? She didn't need to tell me, I already knew. She excused herself, went in the bedroom, stayed a long time, came back, but her attitude was good and we finished fractions. Okay, and then the next day, we did it again. The next day, we did it again. This went on for a week. The second week, she started, I could see her actions. I could see that starting. She said, excuse me, and she'd go to the other room. About three days later, I was teaching her, and she disappeared. And I thought, where'd she go? So I thought, oh, she must go on the restroom. I'll wait, you know, but she didn't come back, and she didn't come back. And I went in there, and I said, I went in to find her, and she was kneeling. And I didn't see anything on her face. There was no anger. There was no frustration. There was nothing. And I said, what's wrong? You know, is something happening? And she said, Mom, it's at my thoughts. And I know if I don't do something right here at these thoughts, I'm going to have some bad actions. And I'm asking God right now, give me a love for math. I hate it. Give me a love for math. And do you know when she grew up, she became a high school teacher teaching algebra and chemistry. And she took chemistry because of the math. Because she loves math. So God has a power to change because she said, I'm not willing to take these thoughts and keep them. I am willing to surrender to you so that I can have victory in my life and walk as you would have me walk. Praise the Lord because he wanted her to be a math teacher and a chemistry teacher. Now she's a ICU nurse and she likes it just as much because there's a lot of figuring out in there. And she likes that analytical thinking. So it works. Now, Stacey was 16 years old. She made a decision. Both our girls made a decision when they were very young to give their hearts to the man that God called them to. So that means they need to hold it for him because they wanted to give him themselves physically and emotionally pure. Now, they waited. Anna's still waiting. Stacey was 40 or 38, I guess, when she found him. So they waited a long time. So there was a long time to hold those hearts. Anyway, so we were working at a camp meeting, and there was a young man that was in this camp meeting, and he was so helpful. We were doing the sound system, and he was so incredibly helpful. So he was there working with us and so working with us, just a really nice guy. And I know Autumn would, or Stacy would slip in and slip out, and she'd come back and slip in and slip out and slip in and slip out. This was going on all morning, and I thought, what is happening? So one of these times, she disappeared. I went looking for her, and she's in a warehouse room at the very back, back corner on her knees praying. And I said, honey, are you OK? And she said, did you see that guy in there? And I said, yeah. She said, man, he's hot. <laughs> I said, yeah. And she's, mom, I'm really struggling. I don't want to give away my heart. I'm 16 years old. I don't know what a relationship is. And I know, I probably don't know what would make a good husband at this point in my life. And I'm not ready. So I want to commit my thoughts to Jesus Christ. I've given them to him. He's my husband right now. He fills all my needs. I choose not to have feelings for this young man. So I'm surrendering those to the Lord and I'm staying here until I have the victory. So I said, fine. I walked out and waited for her. Anyway, by the time the afternoon came, she never went out again. She ended up getting a really good friend out of that. And she waited for her husband. And I know she's really happy that she did because she found who she wanted. And so all we have to do is teach our children these principles, and they will use them because they're always looking for a way to have victory. And it works for us, too. I'd like to close my section with Romans 12, 2. And it says, "Do be not... Com- com- oh. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. When the mind is transformed by the Lord, we desire to know what's good, we desire to know what's acceptable of him, and we desire to know his will. Now, Megan's going to share, how do we apply these principles to our little people?
1: So I, you know, Cinda started off by saying these are custom made for you, and I thought, yeah, but I got my stuff. We're good. And I practiced yesterday a couple times, and then this morning I got here and I was so convicted. I was like, okay, Lord, whatever you want me to say, but could you tell me right now? (laughs) So actually, I want to start off with my worship this morning, if you wouldn't mind. It was um, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3, 4, and 5. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to it. I rewrote it, but it might be a mixture of ESV version and King James version, because I kind of flipped back and forth between them. But here it goes. Uh, Again, that's 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3, 4, and 5. It says, our war is not with flesh. Right there, it stopped me, right? There is a war. There's a whole great controversy. And when we're working with our children, that war, we can see it playing out in in their lives and also in ours as we're working through it, right? We are destroying, destroying, I looked that word up, demolishing, speculations I looked that word out reasonings that are hostile to Christian faith okay so let me go back we are destroying speculations and every lofty thing that raised up against the knowledge of God and we are taking every thought captive to the to the obedience of Christ so the lofty things, I even looked that word up, and it means a bulwark. So, you know, the, wi- the we looked up bulwark because we were learning um, fa- uh, the faith one by Martin Luther. And the bulwark is that thing in front of the castle that's, like, big and protects them. We have to tear those things down, right? So I want to start after, and there was so much more to this, but even thought— The word in Greek is noema. I'm sure I'm not saying that right, but it means mental perception or evil purpose or your disposition or your thought. And our children, oftentimes they cannot say to you, mommy, I'm just not happy about this. But you can see on their face they are not happy about this, right? It's their disposition. And even Cinda had mentioned before we started that she was working with a young child and she had already talked about thoughts and feelings and all of these things, right? And um, the little girl still wasn't getting it. And so she took a mirror out and she showed the little girl herself. And she said, well, what do you think you look like right now? How do you think your face looks? How do you feel? How is it? Who has your heart right now? Those were the words she said. And, and that's all the little girl needed to start really thinking about it. It was his, her disposition. So, anyways, I wanted to start with a little story, in a, and I learned it from your husband 10 years ago. <laughs> and I don't think he even told it to me, it was just a sermon. Okay, So there's this bird that comes along, and my children, sorry, I should preface this with my children, especially Jonas, they learn well with picture stories. So like Jesus told stories to teach whole lessons, right? When Jonas is in a battle, sometimes it's easier for me to say, come here, son, and we sit together and I just tell a story. Okay, So this story I've told to my youngest and it works. So a bird came along, and the man was there, and the bird sat on his head. And the man, and right there you get the giggles, a bird sat on his head? And I'm like, yeah, he might even poop. It's, it's no good, right? So what should the man do right now? He should brush it away. Go away, bird. I don't really want you on my head. I, I like birds, but I don't want you there on my head. But instead, he didn't do that, and the bird liked it up on his head. So he decided to make a nest, and he went and got all the pieces of his nest, and pretty soon he got a mate. And his mate and his, and him, they had eggs, and they had a whole little bird family up on his head. Can you imagine that? And there'd be poop on your shoulders, and there'd be, it'd be gross. How would you even sleep without messing up the nest, right? Right? So that is like our thoughts. The bird comes along. You cannot help that the bird sat on your head. You cannot help when you get the thought, I just don't like this, right? Or I wish mommy weren't so mean to me. (laughs) Whatever it is, whatever thought that is, you can't help that it landed on your head. Okay? You can't help that. But what you can help is whether you'll let it stay there or not. Will you brush the thought away? Will you say, Lord, take this thought from me? Get this bird off my head, right? Get it all gone. And so, oftentimes, when I'm working with my very youngest children, I think about that story. And it, and it even makes me think about, um, and like I said, I'm really veering. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, it really makes me think about a time we went to play group. So when um, Jonas and Evan were very little, three and just newborn, we would go to these public playgroups, just out. They were free. You could show up, and we came. But at the at these playgroups, oftentimes a little one would steal a toy from another child, or they'd just grab it quick. I want it. Or, you know, it's this normal behavior, right? And as a mama, sometimes you get this mama bear mentality, like, no, no, no. He's got, you got to wait your turn, you know, this might my child's turn. (laughs) And I know that's maybe selfish, but that's that's where I'm at, right? That was my selfish behavior. But one day, another mom came. And the whole time that mama was there, she was saying to her child, Go share that toy and then the little girl would take it over to this other child and then as soon as she came back the mom would go yay you did it and the whole time it was all about share you can share you can share and so it changed my thought and my thinking wait a second I don't want my child to have these I wants it's my turn I deserve this Those are not the thoughts that I want him to have. So again, I'm going to try to be intentional about how I'm going to teach him. So then we would go and we would have those thoughts. And so I would say, okay, we're going to go. And we would talk about it. Oh, yeah, that child did take your toy. But guess what? Maybe he really needed it right now. Did you give it to him happily? Or if they didn't, or if the child came over and he was like, can I use you as an example? Can you stand up for a minute? See, he's got this toy in his hand. You can see this happening with little ones, right? The little one comes over, and this is all he's doing. He's just looking straight at the toy. And then he's even, like, in your personal space, and he's just looking at the toy. And I would whisper to Jonas in his ear, Jonas, it looks like that child would like to try that toy out. And Jonas might say, ah, it's mine. I'm like, oh, no, no, let's try it. And so I would take him and the toy out of the room, and we would pray, Lord, help us. Thank you. You can sit down. Help us, help us to show Jesus today. Help us to have a different thought in our head. And so when he was ready, we would take that toy back to the little boy and we'd say, would you like a turn? And then when he came back, of course I reward him. Yay, yay, yay. It's taking every thought captive at every moment. And oftentimes this takes a battle. In my home, we play the violin This is a battle for us. If you've heard my older son play, you can see that he's actually, he's doing really well. He's got lots of skills, and it's even fun for me to listen to right now. But I would be lying if I told you it is fun to practice. It is not. We do not like to practice, and it's even a battle for me in my head. It is time for me to get them to practice. Do I really want to battle right now? (laughs) And so sometimes I... Sadly, I don't. And I'll be like, well, tomorrow. <laughs> That's never good, right? So in the middle of a battle, though, and we've been learning this. Um, in fact, I think I have it in my slides a little further down. We've been learning this. We did this in worship time. We've had these nest stories. We are always talking about taking our thought captive and giving it to Jesus, right? So when it came time to, to do this, um, and who plays music in here? Do you all play? something? Have you had to practice before? When you practice, sometimes you get to a spot in the music and you have to go over and over and over and you're still not getting it. And if your thoughts aren't so good, I mean, you could be going over for a very long time, right? So I looked at him and I could see his countenance wasn't good. And I'm like, Jonas, where are you? Where are you? But then, you know, I kind of let it go. And he said to me, Mom, I need to stop. Because Jesus, because, uh, what, I even wrote it down. Because Satan is lying to me, and I need help. That's what he said to me. And so I want to pause right there, and I want to talk to you about battling. If you have a handout, it's Each Thought Counts, and it's Megan Allen at the top of it. It's probably the second to the last page. Um, And it talks about what we have to do. Are they aware that they're having a battle, And if they're not, we as parents, we need to make them aware of it, right? At this point, Jonas was aware he is having a battle. And are they willing to fight it? At this point, he was very willing. But there were other times when he wasn't, right? But even if he's not willing, sometimes it still takes a battle to show them that they could have success, okay? And then this is how we go about our battle. We pray we sing, and we claim scripture. So if you'll bear with me, I'm going to kneel down and I'm going to show you what we did, okay? So I had little Jonas next to me. We found a quiet place. Sometimes my youngest one will come in and as long as he's not interrupting, I actually let him listen because again, he learns from the oldest too. Okay. So we're praying and we're, ba- and I say, okay, dear father, please help Jonas right now. He's crying out for your help. And you have promised in scripture that if we open the door of our heart, you will come in and you'll sup with us. We pray this in your name amen, because right away he's not ready to do it sometimes. He's not ready to do the praying, so I pray instead, okay? And then I say, what song do you want to sing? And if he's really upset, he might not even be able to get out any words, but the rule is he still has to sing even if he's crying, okay? And always my first song is, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where down in my, because it's happy, right? And then, and then if he's still not ready, we pray again, Father God, Jonas, I want you to repeat after me. Father God, please come into my heart. Kick the devil out and help me to have your thoughts, right? And I'll keep going through it, and I'll pray through any scripture that I have, and we do it over and over. We hardly take a breath, and I wait until I have this. (sighs) That's what he does, just like that. Or in the middle of the song, I might hear a giggle or a smile And then I'll look at him, and here's the piece that you don't want to miss. I remind him that even though you cannot see it, there are angels in this room. And there's not just good ones. There's also demons. And today you chose to let Jesus win because the devil was whispering in your ear this whole time. And Jesus was whispering in your ear the whole time, but you chose to do the battle and let Jesus win. And I hug him and I praise him for it. And then here is the last thing I really, really want you to grasp. Well, maybe that too, but here. (laughs) Battling does not get you out of the task that you're struggling with. It prepares you to embrace that task okay? So when we have a battle, because really, see, I should have this the other way, because here's the lie that, God, that Jesus tells us. Jesus tells us the hard is bad, and we should give up. If it's hard, we shouldn't be a part of it, right? But hard is not bad. It's not. It never has been. It's not a synonym for bad, okay? When we're putting, like for instance, when I'm running, I'm overweight, I'm running, and it's hard. If I stop right there because it's hard, will I ever get to my goal? No, right? It is only in the hardness of that every step that I'm going to lose the weight that I want to lose. Hard is not bad. And when we get to the point where we realize hard is not bad, thank you that this is hard because I know you're teaching me. When we get to that part, we're getting to the point where we're saying every thought is yours, Lord. You take it from me. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. And I'll just, I know that's weird for some of you, but I break out in song all the time in my house. If I just am struggling, I sing. I just sing. And my kids are learning to sing too. When they're really frustrated and their countenance is sad or or ugly, I'll say, you know what? Let's just sing. Let's what do you want to sing? You know, joy. I got the joy. Always. That's always the first one I think. And then here's another song that we'll sing sometimes. Behold, behold, I stand at the door and knock, knock, knock. Behold. Do you know the song? Sing it with me. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, knock, knock. If anybody hear my voice, if anybody hear my voice, and will open, open Door I will come in. That's Revelation 3, verse 20. The thing is, when we have a bad thought, we just have to give it to Jesus. And for the very, very young, sometimes that looks like them just saying, Lord, come in my heart and get the devil out. We pray that prayer, right? Jesus. Take my heart, the devil go away <laughs> in Jesus name, get out of my heart. They can say those simple, simple things. If you look at the handout you 'll see at the very bottom there 's a list of songs that I use to battle with there 's also favorite Bible verses that I use in our home, we do a lot of romans twelve twenty one do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I won't spend too much time on that because she actually touched on that yesterday. When they come squabbling and fighting to me, I usually, if I'm if I'm really thinking about it, I usually will say, Oh no, no, don't tell me what they did. You guys need to take a separate place. I send them off to their separate places and I say, one, pray that God will show you what you did to cause the problem. And then two, be ready to talk about it with your with us. And every time I'm telling you, whoever goes first, it doesn't even matter. They come out and they're like, oh, it was me. I stepped on your foot and that made you really mad. I'm so sorry. And then then the other ones, but I shouldn't have yelled at you and I'm really sorry too. And they hug. And oftentimes if that kind of a battle happens in the beginning of the day, almost the whole rest of the day, they're best friends. They really love each other because they were willing to say, it was me, it's my fault. How many of you as adults have a struggle with that? Because I do, and I realize that that is the key. Like everything we're struggling with as adults, if we start little with them, and we start saying, "What's your thoughts? Why are you feeling like that?" Evan said to me the other day, he was having a hard time going through this battle, and I'm almost out of time. He was having a hard time going through this battle by himself. He was so upset, he, you know, he couldn't even breathe. And I was saying, "Evan, just take a deep breath." I love it. It was his voice. He just couldn't stop, right? And I said, okay, Jonas, you just go do your thing. It really might have been Jonas's fault. Who knows, right? But I said to Evan, okay, take a deep breath. And this is really also key, okay? Because I don't have, and I told this to parents before at the end, That I pray. When I don't have the answers, I just pray. If I get angry at my children, which happens sometimes, I'll say to them, listen, mommy is angry right now and that's not from Jesus. So you better go to your room and I'm going to go to mine. And when I'm done talking to Jesus, I'll be ready to talk with you. Okay? And so because I have this relationship with Jesus, I've been writing down in my journal things that I want to pray for in the character of my own children okay and I have a little spot for me my husband here's Jonas and here's Evan well this day he was so mad he was so angry and he was trying to tell me and so I'm like okay breathe just breathe for a minute Jonas is gone and um Evan's trying to breathe and in the moment where there was a little bit of silence and he was breathing I said hey I want to show you something this morning I prayed this prayer I said lord Teach my child, Evan, how to not be angry. Give him help to break the cycle of anger that may have been passed down to him from me and my husband. And that stopped him. That's what silenced him. The fact that I prayed that prayer and that was exactly what he was facing because he was angry. And then we were able to say, Well, what are your thoughts? I just, I just hate my brother. He lied to me. I said, well, where does hate come from? That's from the devil. Well, do you want that thought in your head? No, I don't. Well, let's pray. <laughs> we prayed. And then we recited Romans 12, 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So if we want to overcome this evil thought, what do we got to do for Jonas, even though he doesn't deserve it? good. Well, what good do you want to do? Uh, <laughs> that was hard. He took a couple of minutes and he went and got a marble and he gave his brother a marble. And in that moment, when he gave that marble to his brother, they just hugged and they like, for a few minutes, just laid on the couch hugging. And Jonas, he then said, it was me. I'm really sorry. I wasn't listening to you. But it was a battle of, it wasn't even, it didn't matter who was right and who was wrong. What mattered was, was Evan willing to submit his heart to God's way? Was he willing to give his thoughts to Jesus? And at that point, he did. Praise the Lord. He was willing to do it. So those are the only examples I have in, Sorry for the unorganized way it came out, but I pray it blessed you. All right.
2: Good morning. All right. Well, we are really what I have to share with you. It's good for two-year-olds. It's good for 12-year-olds. It's good for 18-year-olds. And it's good for me. And really, that's kind of important. It's very important because... We, as parents, have to be the examples for our children. We can't teach them to do something and not do it ourselves. And so we're going to go more in depth into this idea of using singing, praying, and scripture to help fight our thoughts. We all know that the devil is very real, right? Yes, the Bible says he, seeks, he walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, and it doesn't matter if you're young or if you're old, he wants to devour us all. John 10:10 10, 10 says that the thief comes but to, comes not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And that's what his plan is for each one of our families, for you as the parents and for your children. So, what do we do about this? Well, 2 Corinthians, because of what uh, Sinda talked about, what Spirit of Prophecy tells us, and we know it all starts in our thoughts, the Bible has a solution, and it's 2 Corinthians 10.5, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So we have to be able to control our thoughts, we have to be able to divert our thoughts, and we have to be able to make ourselves think the things that we should think so that everything after that, our feelings and our actions, are what they should be. I also wanted to share a quote, and it's actually also in your handout. Um, It's from Mind, Character, and Personality, Volume 2. It says, If Satan seeks to divert the mind to low and sensual things, bring it back again. And place it on eternal things. And when the Lord sees the determined effort made to retain only pure thoughts, he will attract the mind like the magnet Purify the thoughts and enable them to cleanse themselves from every secret thing. So we're going to talk about these three very tangible things that we can do ourselves and that we can help our children learn to do and make habits of so that we can bring it back again, so that we can take every thought captive and so that that becomes natural and a habit for us when we are tempted by thoughts that take us away from Christ. So the first thing that we are going to talk about is prayer. Um, a lot of times, oh, hey, I had it up there, sorry. <laughs> um, a lot of times when we pray, we pray emergency prayers, and the Lord listens to those prayers. Those are the types of prayers where when we're in a situation, it's an emergency, and we're like, Lord, please help. And we need to pray those prayers. We need to, with every um, trouble that we have, every temptation that we have, We need to ask the Lord for help immediately in that situation. But we also need to be praying preventative prayers. Um, In Luke 22, 39 and 40, it says, Coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives as he was accustomed, and his disciples also followed him. When he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And so he was encouraging them to pray before you're tempted, before you fall into trial and hardship. Pray that you will not fall into that temptation and that you will not be lured away from the Lord. So when we pray these preventative prayers and we teach our children to do that, we can pray things like, Lord, help me to be swift to hear and slow to speak. We can pray, Lord, please keep my tongue from evil today. Keep my lips from speaking deceit. We can pray just little prayers, show our children how to pray scripture. Be specific. You know your weaknesses. You know where you struggle and you fall into temptation. And so every day, pray that the Lord will keep you from those temptations. And we should also be persistent. The Lord knows before we even ask, but he wants us to come to him in prayer. Um, And he wants us to pray over and over again. In prayer, the book Prayer, page 71, it says, God does not say, ask once and you shall receive. He bids us ask, unwearyingly persist in prayer. The persistent asking brings the petitioner into a more earnest attitude and gives him an increased desire to receive the things for which he asks. We shall receive increased blessings because we have increased faith. So it's not just that the Lord will hear us. It's not because we're begging him for what we want. It's for our own increased faith. It's for our own spiritual walk that we keep coming to him in prayer about the things that we struggle with and the things that we need. So we need to be praying for our children. We need to be teaching them how to pray before the temptation comes as as well as during the temptation. Even when my son was very, very little, you know, they would get into a little meltdown or whatever, and we would pray. I remember one time Dylan was probably two or three years old, and he was sitting on the stairs. He was having a little meltdown, and so he was supposed to sit there with his hands folded and try to gain some self-control. And he said to me, pray, Mama. And so even as a little, little child, he was beginning to understand that when we're in trouble, when we need help, we go to Jesus, and he can help us during those times. So pray, pray with your children, pray for your children. Um, The second thing that we can do to bring back our thoughts and to take um, every thought captive is that we can sing. Um, Colossians 3.16 says, "'Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly "'in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another "'in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, "'singing with grace in your hearts, to the Lord, so that 's what we 're doing with our children as we 're teaching them and as we 're guiding them, as we 're educating them, we and we 're teaching and admonishing, and we can use the singing it 's actually one of the best methods. We sing a lot in our home as well. One of my children seems to be singing all the time, <laughs> um, but you know while we work, if we want to make chores a little bit happier, a little bit more fun, we can sing. When we're battling temptation, we definitely can sing. I remember actually uh, with one of my children, oh, I actually don't even remember what the battle was over, but the heart was hard. (laughs) And so I actually went out with her because she wasn't even at a point where the heart was soft. And we walked and we walked, I suppose kind of like your prayer walks. But I actually was singing around my neighborhood and we sang and, well, she didn't at first, (laughs) but um, I sang And I sang and slowly, slowly with time and with the Lord being able to speak to her heart and with the songs, her heart was softened and she was willing to listen and she was willing to surrender to the Lord. Songs and music have a beautiful way of reaching our hearts um, as well as our children's hearts. For younger children, she, she kind of talked about this. Think of your Sabbath school songs, Into My Heart. I remember one little song, um, I don't know if they sing it anymore, but when my kids were in Crater and in kindergarten, it was when Mr. Satan knocks at my heart's door and says, may I come in, I say, no, no, for Jesus loves me so, and he took away my sin. And so that's a neat little one. I love that little one. Um, uh, whisper a prayer, Jesus loves me, because there's that verse that says, Jesus loves me when I'm good, when I do the things I should. Jesus loves me when I'm bad even though it makes them sad. So no matter what we're struggling with, even if we're sinning, Jesus loves us, but he wants to bring us back into his his ways. For older children, I encourage you to sing hymns, lots of hymns. They're so deep, they're so rich with meaning, and they speak so straight to the heart. In the back of the hymnals, you probably know they have uh, they divide them up into categories. Their songs, um, categories like commitment, surrender, um, consecration, a lot of those. Take my life and let it be. There's a lot right in the early 300s. Holy thine, draw me near. One of my favorites is I surrender all. We sing that and we sing that. I surrender all. Because that's what we want for our children. That's what we want for our own hearts. Is that we will surrender all to Jesus. Another um, good way to use songs is scripture songs and i do love these i had a couple to recommend to you we've used thy word creations maybe you've heard of those i think that they have 10 i know you guys do because belt of truth um, sells them on their website i believe and these are great these are whole long passages and chapters of scripture And so I'll vouch for it. Even adults can memorize them, because I know a few of them. And so those are really fun to memorize. Also, we have used, um, this is by the Rain Hannah and Caleb Rain scripture songs and little lessons. And these have little scripture songs, as well as their children, which I think maybe they were about 10 and 12 or something like that. They um, talk a little bit about the lessons that they can learn from those scriptures and and applying them to their everyday life, the things that they have gone through. So that's a neat one. Restoration International also has some scripture CDs that we've really enjoyed, and there are others. But scripture songs um, are amazing because not only are you singing but you're also, you have God's word in your heart. So I just highly recommend, whether your children are little or big, or whether it's just for you, listen to some of these scripture songs and get them in your heart because they stick so easily. And even Jesus, as a child, um, sang. I failed to put where this is, but I'm guessing it's in Desire of Ages, probably chapter seven. It says, when Christ was a child, like these children here, he was tempted to sin, but did not yield to temptation. As he grew older, he was tempted, but the songs his mother taught him to sing came into his mind, and he would lift his voice in praise. And before his companions were aware of it, they were singing with him. God wants us to use every facility, faculty, which heaven has provided for resisting the enemy. And scripture and singing is one of them, and so the third one is scripture memorization. There is nothing better that you can put into your mind than scripture. People, can we take questions at the end? Okay. Okay, quickly. It's
1: just um, there's an app called Scripture
2: Singer. And app by View scripture Singer by Fountain View Academy is another one that has scripture songs. Thank you. That is very good. Um, I've heard a lot of people say, and it's usually older people, uh, not older as in 70, but like even older as in 30 and 40, <laughs> so I just can't memorize scripture. I just can't do it. Well, you're telling yourself a lie there because you can memorize scripture. With time and effort and repetition, anyone can memorize scripture. So we have to stop telling ourselves that, that ourselves that. Because we don't want our children to think that they can't memorize Scripture. We don't want them to think that they can only learn it until they're 20 years old, and then after that, we can't do it anymore because it's too hard. With enough time and effort, we can do it. Psalms 119 says, Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And so we need to be putting Scripture in our hearts. Why? So that we aren't sinning against God. Um, In Desire of Ages, page 123 It says, by what means did he overcome in the conflict with Satan? By the word of God. And there's actually a lot more to that quote, but I am running out of time. But you'll remember Jesus in the wilderness. How did he overcome? By the word of God. Because it was in his heart. Not because he had his Bible with him. Not because he had his phone apps with him. But because he had it in his heart and his mind. It was already there. And let me tell you. It's really hard to... Um, Submit yourself to the temptation and let temptation turn into sin when you are quoting scripture, when you are singing. We have strength. When we are quoting scripture, when we are singing, um, we have the strength um, that the word will give us. So if they're dealing with something, you know, if they're dealing with bad thoughts towards somebody who has hurt them, Pick up these flashcards, these scripture cards, or have them go to the Bible and find a verse and have them read over it. Have them memorize it. Like she said, she would send her kids out, and I've given my kids scripture as well. Go and meditate on this. Come back and let's talk about what it actually means, how you can apply it in this very situation, and then discuss that. There are also other things. My husband was so kind. I don't have my computer here. I can't print here, but... Uh, my husband works in AV, so he was willing. You guys can look at this if you want. This has been invaluable. I think I mentioned it on Monday. Our Bible verse ABCs. Um, if we're dealing with something, maybe it's obedience. In our ABCs, O was obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls. Um, let them do so with, I can't even remember because I'm standing in front of you. But anyways, <laughs> I, a, anytime we deal with something, I would say, if it's being kind, what is B in our memory verse uh, scripture ABCs? It's be kind to one another, tender-hearted. Or if they're struggling with the words that they're saying and they're not uplifting to someone, I'll say, what is D in our scripture memory verse? And it's, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up. And so those have been invaluable because I memorize them with the kids, and so I have them in my head, and I can say... What did we learn about that? What does the Bible say about that? And then with the scripture, of course, you can go back to the scripture songs um, that I mentioned earlier. So practically, in just a couple of minutes, what does this look like? So first, just one example for me, what does this look like? Because we all deal with temptation, right? And do we want to let temptation turn into sin? No, we don't. And that's important to remember. Temptation is not sin. The Lord has given us equipment to fight that temptation so that it does not turn into sin. So for me, one of the things is when I can't get a hold of my husband on the phone or texting, I haven't heard from him, he's not responding... Even we, we got the uh, Life 360 so that I can even see where he's at, but sometimes he's still not responding. My mind uh, plays tricks on me, and I like to start, I don't like to, but my mind starts to assume the, assume the worst. It's snowing outside. Maybe he's in a ditch. Maybe he's unconscious. You know, all these things, they're not true, uh, but sometimes I start to imagine those things. And so what do I need to do? And I've started doing, quoting scripture. First of all, Philippians 4.8 says, whatsoever things are true, Right? It's not true. At least I don't know that it's true that he's in the ditch or that he's unconscious or anything bad has happened to him. So I need to be concentrating on things that are true. The Bible also says be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And so I can come to God and I can tell him those without worrying, without letting my mind wander, and then I can pray for him. I remember when my kids were little and they would be afraid in the night. Our go-to Bible verse was Psalms 56.3. When I am afraid, I will trust in thee. And so we would say that verse. And we would pray that, Jesus, I'm afraid. Help me to trust in you. Even though it's dark, even though I see shadows, help me to know that you're here with me. And then we might sing, from thy word creations, we might sing, the Lord is my shepherd. Or we might pick a hymn, God will take care of you. And so I would help them set their minds on things above. Um, There are other ways that we applied this as well, but I am out of time. But I just, you know, we are helpless, helpless on our own. We can't make ourselves think the right thoughts. We can't make ourselves do the right things. And our children are utterly helpless without the Lord also. But the Lord has given us tools to fight those temptations. He's given us tools to be able to fight the battle. He's given us the armor that we can put on. And so that's the things that we need to do. And those are the things that we need to teach our children to do. And he's given us three great weapons that I just talked about. Prayer, song, and scripture. And I just want to encourage you to use those in your own life. Let your children see that you use those to fight the devil and teach them to do that as well.
0: We have to realize that we're actually in a battle, and there's only two ways. There's eternal death and eternal life. And I actually did this when I set up in homes. We would make a poster like this, and the, girl, the children would take a picture of themselves, and it would be on a magnet, and they would move it on this board. Now, there are actually some felt sets that used to be out called the two ways. I don't even know if they make it anymore, but there used to be a felt set out there, the same concept. So we want our children, of course, to walk on eternal life but there's times our children are going to walk away and they're going to turn. This is a very good visual for them because I let them know the further they walk, the further they're getting away from Jesus. And so they need to immediately, is that where you want to go? Always ask that question. Is that really what you want, is eternal death? And if they say yes, you guys need to do a Bible study on eternal death for them. So they know what they're really saying, because they have no idea. Because when you get done... <laughs> matter of fact, I did this one time. My, my daughter was upset. She said, okay, I want eternal death. I said, okay, I just want you to know what that's going to feel like. It's called the lake of fire. And I got a candle, and I burned it. And I took her hand, and I said, okay... We're going to go down. We're going to see how far we're going to go because you're going to end up in that lake of fire. Are you ready to go? And I didn't, of course, I wasn't going to let her get burned. But when she started feeling that heat, she said, I don't want that. And I said, okay, then what do we need to do? You know, so I wanted her to know what you're saying. You have no clue. That's really not what you want. So we want them to turn around and walk the other way. So we do it by what has been shared um, with both these ladies of ways that we can turn our children around. Now, if you want to listen to more in-depth, there's two places you can go. I'm sorry, these ladies probably are not on the Internet, but hopefully soon they will be. But you can go Vimeo. Um, the Stevenville's Church um, put several of these on, on the heart and how to get the hearts of your children. So just type in my name. It comes up. Also, you can go to um, YouTube. Amazing Facts had me come out in 2007 to do part of their Christian parenting for them. And um, it was really interesting. You talk about equipment breaking. He said, we never had trouble with equipment breaking. We started at 8 o'clock in the morning. He told me to be done at noon. We were done at 1230 at night because he said everything was breaking. And um, so the thoughts and the feelings are on there and some other concepts. And we took a little boy in. He was six five at the time we took him, and we were teaching all these concepts to him and to say no to that natural heart and yes to Jesus. And I remember one day he was walking around my house, and he was saying, no, yes, Jesus, no, yes, Jesus, no, yes, Jesus. And I said, Danny, are you in a battle? He said, yeah, I'm in a battle. I said, do you need help? Do you need help? And he said, no, Jesus and I got this. you know." And I thought, hey, if a 5-year-old can say Jesus and I got this, then that means we can overcome as well. We just have to say no to that natural heart and yes to Jesus. And so that's what we want. Um, Again, please come up here if you do not have these cards. um, I mean, this is a really good resource to have. If not, you can do it on your own. There's a lot of promises out there. Two things I did for my children, and I got their own personal Bible promise book. And those personal promise Bible books, is personal things they had to write in their book because they were battling with the same stuff. Even the studies, when they struggled with something, I had them write out all their studies because if you struggle with something now, you're gonna struggle with it again. And they would already have their studies so they could always go back, pick up those studies again. They were already done. So get some books, start, have, start writing when they can. They can draw pictures until that time. But that's what we want. Also, if you're going to do memory work, you know, and you've got tape recorders, do tape your children. I don't know what happened. I don't know if we were so poor, but we kept going over the same tapes. And I have three tapes of my children when they were little quoting verses. And my children had so much scripture memorized. I remember when Stacy was considering going to AFM, um, they had like 100 texts they needed. She said, Mom, there's only three of them I didn't know. And, you know, so she had all those, hundred, those seven, 97 memorized. And I only have three tapes that have their sweet little voice on their memorizing. Tapes were cheap. And I'm thinking, why didn't I keep those? So if they're going to record themselves, save them. There's a day you would love to go back and listen to those little voices quoting God's word. So let's end with prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again that we were able to come and sit at your feet and be taught of you. Lord we are little lambs too and we need these principles these are not just for our children like we said parenting transforms us godly parenting transforms us we need these we need to know how to get captive our thoughts lord cuz often we have thoughts that are not Christ like and we need to have you change us and so We ask, Lord, that you help us to apply these principles to our own hearts as well. And as we're doing them, I remember many times, Lord, that while I was helping my daughter, you were talking to my heart at the same time, and we were doing it together. Because you want children for your kingdom. So help us, Lord Jesus, to apply these principles to ourselves. And thank you so much for the people that have come out here. I know it's a sacrifice when we try to raise our children right for you. It takes time. It takes energy. And I'm just thankful that there's parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles and maybe Sabbath school teachers that are here just to learn, Lord, that we sit at your feet to know how to raise precious lambs for you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.
2: This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse,